Hayden. Oh, Chris. It's Monday. You know what that means. We're recording. We're recording. And then when we get done recording, I have exactly an hour and a half before I have to do D&D. Which means as soon as Hell we're done yeah. recording, I'm not editing this podcast and I gotta I gotta read some shit. Hell yeah. You know we can change what day we record, right? No! Okay, good. Because the only other option was Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's fine. It just keeps me busy, and I get to drink two to three cups of coffee. Yay? Yay. Okay, yay. Okay, cool. Um, so, Gamescom happened. Like I bet uh, nobody else realized that either, <laughs> until us, like, two days ago. Which, yeah, uh, fair. Um, I thought there was a lot of cool stuff, though. There's yeah, some stuff well, I'm excited about. Once we looked into it, we are like, oh, there's some interesting things. Nothing like... Oh my god, how'd you not hear about this? Which is also why nobody, including us, really knew Gamescom was happening. But <laughs> I will still push some back good on shit. that a little bit though, only because I think there was some stuff I saw that if I knew about it prior, there was probably stuff I could have seen to be as hype, but this was the first time I saw anything, and so I am now newly excited about some games. That's good. I I could probably say similar. I'm curious if, I, I don't know if you did what I did and just searched Gamescom trailers and then found an IGN page with all the major announcements in the trailers. Because um, <laughs> if you did, we'll scroll down that as we go through some of the stuff. And when we get to one near the bottom, I'm very curious if you were also interested in it. And while that was the most boring way I could have said that, but you're welcome. Well, I I did also do that. Uh, but I Hell did. Yeah. I did actually watch the opening night of Gamescom as well. Oh, so you're way more prepared than I am. <laughs> yeah, I I watched the actual show. I I didn't watch any of the ancillary material afterwards. Which now, um, I'm kind of glancing at a trailer for a game that I think I'm also gonna be crazy excited about that was not featured on opening night. Uh, but yeah, interesting. So yeah, I guess so, going down the list would be a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> We might have to table uh, the Sonic talk until Ugh. later because um, I, in my big brain, ordered food. And it's supposed to be here in like 30 minutes. And I'm going to do this super professional thing of muting my mic while we're recording. Not stop the recording. Like We're going to just keep recording. Uh, and, and Chris is just going to vamp for like, it literally take 30 seconds. But then I'll let him just talk about Sonic. Yeah, we run a tight ship here at Healthy Obsession. Yeah, we don't stop the recording ever <laughs> unless, well, we don't know yet. So um, yeah. We haven't yet. I don't know if that's true, but the people don't know <laughs> that. So we're not, And we're not going to cut that either, so we're keeping it in. So, so the first thing that IGN's got here was uh, definitely a surprise for me. Uh, you know how, like, when you're watching a trailer and, and like, you, you can tell there are things in the opening shot that are definitely of a style and you feel like you should recognize those things, but you just don't. Kind of. Okay. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I've got more meta brain than you, but when the dead comes, Island two yeah. trailer was just like that. Like so, I saw the opening shots and I thought I've seen this before. I know this framing. I know this style and I could not pin it until like halfway through the trailer. Oh, see, see, mine, mine was a little different just because I'm, I was watching it through this, so I just was like, oh, it's the Dead Island Two trailer, but and yeah, then once fair. it starts, I'm like, yeah, this is very same vibe as the last trailer that came out for this game, which I had no idea was eight years ago. Is that right? Yeah, Riptide. No, no. Remember there was that California trailer. Of the guy jogging on the boardwalk. That's the trailer, isn't it? Was that not for Riptide? Riptide came out. Yeah. And then they had a trailer for Dead Island 2, which was oh, like you're right. the California one. That was eight years ago. And I'm like, that, that that can't be right. That was like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, mean, that's crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I only know that because I'm like, Dead Island Riptide came out eight years ago. <laughs> so, what the fuck? I, and like, I'm probably was wrong. Like, 
Riptide was universally panned too. Yeah, it was awful. Well, I didn't even think that. I didn't think the first one was that good. I didn't think so either, but it was received pretty well. Like I don't know. For me, Dead Island was good for one playthrough, and and then and then after that, I was pretty immediately bored of it. What's that other zombie game that has a sequel that's supposed to be coming out soon that has been in the works for like five years? Uh, Dying Light. That sequel has already come out. Oh, but that well, was that that was like a spiritual successor to Dead Island, so that might be what yes. you're thinking of. I was gonna say, I felt like Dying Light was actually like good. Yeah, no, Dying Light Two came out a few months ago, and and it was actually pretty universally praised. That game is good. Yes, I, but like the point I guess I was making was like Dead Island came out, I was like, eh, but then Dying Light came out a few years later, I was like, oh, that's just what Dead Island was trying to be. Yeah. I'll never get over that reveal trailer for Dead Island, which is the only reason why that game got hype. And then everybody played it and went, uh. <laughs> One of the coolest initial reveal trailers, like, kind of all time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely an all time marketing moment. But, um, for the game itself, like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't care less about Dead Island 2. Yeah, it's definitely for somebody. And and that person is my mom. But like, yeah. on the whole, yeah, I'm kind of like, man, I thought, I I really thought, and granted, Dead Island came out when we were in high school, so I I know in retrospect this was a dumb fucking thought, but but I thought when they announced Dead Island, they were talking about the new technology about how like our zombies have like three layers of texture, so you can cut the skin and the muscle, and it's super realistic. And I thought at that point, man, we've hit the apex of zombie media. It's probably all downhill from here. <laughs> and and it's still fucking going. Is nobody else sick of zombies at this point? Yeah, I mean, other than Train to Busan, what like good zombie content have we had in the last decade? Like, I like zombies as a concept. Zombies are pretty universal. They they should be pretty timeless, but it's just, it's so oversaturated. Well, and there's only, like, two varieties. There's the super slow, a couple zombies at once that are kind of hard to melee kill because you don't have a gun. Or maybe you do have a gun, but very limited ammo. Or the horde mode, where it's just hordes of them and you're killing shitloads. Like... Other than, like, maybe Last of Us, which is, like, a just super survival, like, it's not really the zombies that, which they're not, I mean, you can call them whatever they are, they're, they're zombies. Uh, the zombies aren't really the main threat. Like, we haven't had too many other, like, twists on the formula. Yeah, honestly, at this point, I'm just craving something classic. I, I wish people would just go with the slow zombies, but, but like, you know, make it a giant horde of slow zombies and and don't don't fucking try to subvert expectations and be like oh the people are the real monsters no just like do do the zombie thing and and do it right zombies are supposed to be like an unstoppable nearly eldritch horror of a fucking mental conundrum and nobody knows how to grapple with that idea on screen anymore oh you're talking about like uh, movies and shit or video games anything oh I, well i feel like you'd like dying light then not dying light state of decay maybe i don't know i feel like state of decay doesn't have the story for me i think state of decay 2 was supposed to maybe. but i don't think it was received well Like <laughs> <laughs> i'm done with zombies i'm here for vampires now fair okay let's stop talking about dead island i <laughs> i i don't care um okay so the next thing is sonic but again we'll hold and chris will have his his time although i, I will say oh, you go ahead i'm trying to remember i watched the trailer and went oh my god i've seen this or not <laughs> i've seen this but um oh it was like oh my god it's sonic but he's fighting geth from mass effect <laughs> that was my takeaway um i don't know if there's anything you want to say now nah okay i can't tell if gotham knights is gonna be good I didn't even watch the trailer because I just don't care. Like, they have shown so little gameplay that that it makes me worried. Like, you know, it should just be, like, 
Arkham City again, but with four different characters. And and on paper that sounds awesome, but they're just they're not showing me anything. And it yeah. worries me. Yeah. But the the characters they showed off in that trailer were pretty cool. It seems like Clayface is going to be kind of important in the game, which is interesting. Interesting. I'm That's always here for some Clayface. Thing. Yeah. Hmm. Don't have any strong opinions about that game. That's fine. What about Hogwarts Legacy? Do you give a shit about that at all? No. I watched it and went, I feel like this just looks like Elder Scrolls Online but Harry Potter. Yeah. Which, again, I feel like this game is for somebody. This is the first thing I've seen that that seems like there's actually a game here. Like, yeah. anything else, I, I was fully convinced until that trailer that Hogwarts Legacy was going to be a giant piece of shit flop. And it might still be, but but at least this seemed like, this trailer showed there was something substantial there. I also just don't know if the Harry Potter fandom plays video games. Because they think, read the fucking books. I, I think Harry Potter is mainstream enough that that doesn't have to be a worry. I don't know. I you know you know what always I finally realized why uh Harry Potter games of any sort the idea of them is cringy to me and it's because like the combat maneuver is literally them holding a wand and flicking the wrist around in different ways and I'm like that just looks stupid. <laughs> it has no like oomph to like any attack you would do. You're just saying words and flicking your wrist and I'm just like it's not for me, and I don't know. I think I'm not alone because they haven't really made like a banger of a game in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, let's let's revisit this in 20 years when we can do it in VR, and then maybe it'll it'll seem a little more real. Eh, because I mean, like I, I don't know. I think I think there's something cool about the wizard fantasy of you know a little bit of swish and flick, you know. But you're not gonna get yeah. that if you're not swishing and flicking. I think the other uh, issue is that they always try to set the shit in Hogwarts, and I'm like, you can't do it at the school. It has to be open world, like, explore some shit we haven't seen. Don't, like, I don't need another school setting game. I would just play a JRPG. Yeah, okay, no, that's fair. Enough with Harry Potter. Again, we're talking about <laughs> some of this shit for too long, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about Callisto Protocol? Because, uh, boy, oh, boy, this trailer was was really just, oh, it's Dead Space, which I'm cool with. Yeah, see, I didn't actually watch this one, mostly because they were like, oh, it's combat. And I'm like, I'm trying to actually watch as le- little, little, is that, yes, that's the word I wanted, as little of this as I can at this point, because I feel like it will just spoil it. <laughs> um, I know what the game is. I already knew it was like Dead Space, and I'm like, I'm here for that. So I don't really, I'm, I'm trying to step away from how much of it I w- consume before the game actually comes out. Yeah, uh, I'll just say that like th- this is my preferred kind of remake because like Callisto Protocol is is really just a spiritual successor to Dead Space in everything but name, but you know, a slightly different setting, maybe a little more horrific definitely better graphics and even if it's like the exact same gameplay that's okay because it's clearly dead space one and not dead space three and dead space one is amazing but chris they're already remaking dead space one yeah and that does muddy the waters a little bit but that's what i'm saying i'd rather have callisto protocol than a remake of dead space one if i had to choose well and if i if i'm remembering right it's not really a remake as it is like a reboot slash reimagining. Like it's not gonna be like the master like Halo Combat Evolved anniversary where they just reskin it with new graphics. Yeah, it, no, it, it is from the ground up. Yeah, so I'll I that's the main thing that has me interested to actually get my hands on that is okay. What did you do differently? Does it is it still Dead Space like? Is this a whole? Does it feel like a whole new experience? So, we'll we'll just have to see. Do we have any idea of when that comes out? Uh, I don't think so. At least I say that looking at this article and seeing that they do not have a date. So let me do a quick Google for Callisto Protocol release and, date. Uh, oh, December second. Oh, that's shit. not that far away. 
Wow. Okay. So we'll get the... Oh, you did that. I meant of Dead Space, not Callisto Protocol. Oh. Oh, yeah, no. We do not have anything on the Dead Space remake. Okay. Yeah, I knew Callisto Protocol was soon. I didn't know it was that soon. I think they said... Because this is a big Xbox game? It's also going to be on PlayStation and PC. Okay, so then it... Whatever. (laughs) The whatever is... Okay, I was wrong. Um, uh, But yeah, okay. So we uh, anything else on Callisto Protocol? Nah, uh, let's let's skip down because I don't think we care about anything happening in between. Um, Maybe yeah. Street I Fighter. I am fucking stoked about where winds meet. Okay. This game looks absolutely incredible. It, yes. It's like it's it's built on Ghost of Tsushima, but then they just decide to get weird with it. Like, okay, like I'm, I'm running glad. on water, running up ships. The combat looks dope. Okay, so this is where I'm glad you went this direction. Because I'm watching the first part of this trailer, and I go, oh, this looks cool. Wow, it's Chinese setting. Awesome. Great. Oh, no, the combat looks almost identical. Very, very similar to Ghost of Tsushima. And you know why I never finished that game? Because the combat got repetitive as fuck. And then, but then... But then, Chris, then, like you said, it gets fucking weird, and I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna throw some just wild fantasy type shit in here. I'm fucking in. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. In fact, it's it, it's like it's like Assassin's Creed on steroids. Yes. Like if Ghost of Tsushima had more maneuverability, and then you just like cranked that up to eleven. Yeah. It. The setting looks dope, and they're gonna. Yeah, like you said. I, I got. All this did was make me think about, oh, yeah, I never finished Ghost of Tsushima. And I got to the last, (laughs) like, literally the last part. I'm at the very end. And I was just like, I don't, I just kind of don't care anymore. Yeah, I didn't (laughs) even get that far. Because the story gets to the point where you're like, okay, somehow there's four seasons going on on the same island. I get it (laughs) to represent the passage of time, but weird. Um, Also... Depending on where this island is, because isn't it supposed to be off the coast of Japan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless it's up north, I don't feel like they're going to have super snowy winters, but I could be just not in the know of the locality of Japan. You could be. But I guess I don't know where the island is. If it's on the northern <laughs> part of Japan, makes sense. If it's on the southern, I'd be like, but anyway, um, but this, this does not was, look like that. This was a, actually a reveal too. This, this was this was brand new for Gamescom. Oh, so it was a world premiere. Yeah, yeah, as Jeff Keighley likes to put it. Sick. Yeah. Once they get to the thing where like there's the floating stone pillars, and then the one chick just like floating in the sky with a scythe, I was like, oh, okay, this is not Ghost of Tsushima. I'm again <laughs> all in. Yeah. And uh, speaking of things that are not quite the game that they're clearly pulling, like, the entire fucking engine from, uh, Lies of P also looks awesome. Oh, see, I didn't watch that one because I was like, I, have not, I don't know anything Hayden, about this. let me tell you about Lies of P. Is it uh, the PP is a lie? Take Pinocchio and put him in Bloodborne. Oh, <laughs> that's Lies of P. I'm in. <laughs> it's like it's a Souls-like game, but with like, like a a I don't know if Victorian is the right word, but a very similar aesthetic to the things happening in Bloodborne. But you're you're playing as Pinocchio, like in in some way, it is the story of Pinocchio, and it has all of the like main characters from that story. Like Geppetto's there. You have a Jiminy Cricket. The Blue Fairy is even a thing. I, I don't know if Pinocchio is entirely not a real boy, but he does have, like, a sick robot arm that seems to have different attachments. It's it's a fever dream of a game. Okay, well, I will definitely actually watch the trailer when we're done recording. Yeah, it's super cool. Also, here's your warning that my food is close. Oh, shit. Um. Okay, yeah, I'm... 
I don't know why I didn't click play on that one. I think I saw that it was four minutes on the trailer and went, ooh, <laughs> ooh that's a little long. Uh, okay. when I, oh, I say long because I was trying to watch as many of these as I could before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that sounds like some interesting whack shit, and I want to watch it now or see it. Now, I'm going to assume you also did not watch the trailer for Moonbreaker. Is that the Subnautica one? Yeah, from the Subnautica devs. Yeah, I, I couldn't care less. Hayden, let me tell you about Moonbreaker because oh I am in. I am all in on Moonbreaker. This okay. was such a delightful surprise. So, so it's like it's it's a it's a turn-based strategy game, but you don't like necessarily play as characters, you play as figures. You are playing a board game. It looks like HeroScape almost. Or, or like Warhammer, I guess. I'm, I'm going to assume there's going to be like a Warhammer-esque uh, uh, situation where you have like points to build a squad and such. But the thing that blew me away about this game, and, and it's coming to early access in a month from today on September 29th. Hayden, when you get the models for the, the, the figures that you play with, there is an entire model painting simulator in this game. Oh my god. Yeah, you can custom paint the models, and it seems like a pretty robust system, too. They know their audience, and this game might not be, like, critic, like a huge popular game, but it will not die. I can almost guarantee you, based off of that information. I am unreasonably excited about painting virtual models. <laughs> but I saw that shit, and I was in, I tell you. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, I'll check that one out too. Those are like <laughs> two of the ones. Those are really the only two I kind of skipped. Okay, Which... did you did you play the original Tales from the Borderlands then? Yes, I did. Okay, I thought you did. Do, do, do you care about this? Are you excited? I don't give a fuck. Wait, really? Did you not <laughs> mostly like because, Mostly because, well, I don't know if Telltale is making this one. So I might be more interested. But there's a lot of new Telltale games like making the rounds and I just don't care. <laughs> there's a reason why they quote went under because the games just weren't – they were fine. But the narrative type games like that at this point have to be really good um, in order for me to, like I said, care. So you're not here for the new Tales from the Borderlands? No, not really. And also the plot looked lame. <laughs> okay. I mean, as as somebody who has never really interacted with the Borderlands universe, I thought uh, the idea that they are presenting in the trailer at least seemed fun. But it, Borderlands characters and writing kind of grates on me, so I, it's not something I want to play. But I thought it might be a fun adventure in the universe. The, uh, yeah, it probably will be because the first one was similar, to, like to that. It was, it wasn't bad. I, I like the first one. Uh, it just was more centered around Borderlands Two, which is I love. I love the writing in that one, but I don't think I think that was the apex of Borderlands writing, and then it kind of has fallen off since. Um, they're like doing the same types of jokes, and I'm just like, you've done this already. <laughs> it's not funny the second time. Yeah, uh, or I think not a lot of as funny. Agree. Um. But yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, so this is where I'm going to allow you to talk about Sanic. And then when we come back, when I come back and you're finished, we will move on to the next list item. Okay. So the only thing that we really got, we got uh, a new trailer for Sonic Frontiers, which it didn't, didn't show off as, as much as I had hoped necessarily. Um, the, the real news came from the behind closed doors demo that people got to play um which showed it involved a cutscene. there are some screenshots and some video floating around which like you can't you can't hear it very well but you can read the subtitles um and the subtitles very clearly show ian flynn's mark on the writing for the game which is incredibly exciting um even just the little bit that i got to see of sonic's dialogue like he he didn't he didn't flesh out the story of the game He's he's just doing the writing, um, but even that, see, it feels like there's some real soul being put into this game that has been missing from Sonic games previously. Um, 
the the people that have gotten hold of the demo that was on the show floor and who are allowed to talk about it, everyone's still saying the game is good. Not not amazing, not phenomenal, but it's good. And and it's really sad that that's a big step for the franchise and that that's getting me excited. But, you know, even if it's a 7 out of 10 Sonic game with Ian Flynn's writing, that's that's going to be an old-timer for me. I I'm I I'm so stoked, man. I love Sonic. In in the trailer though, in the trailer though, we got to see Amy for the first time. That that was cool. You can you can say you can classify that as seeing Amy. I mean, she was there. That was her. She was in a box, sure, but she she didn't talk. She was asleep. <laughs> she was in maybe. a box. Yeah, she was there though. Hey. It looked like there was some other shit that she was going through, and I was like, <laughs> "Are you real? Is this? Are you a real person? Because you look like you're a different color." And I was like, "Whoa." Two of the the worst things about Sonic games, and in, in like pretty much all of their Western interpretations, is that they they didn't give much of a shit for localization, and they definitely didn't give much of a shit for voice direction. Which is a, a lot of the issues with the presentation in Sonic Adventure 2, as much as I love that game. Um, dialogue is fucking terrible, and the delivery is awful because they just gave them lines and said, here, read this. Um, but but I'm, I'm really hoping with Ian Flynn behind the writing that like they, they'll at least get to really play around with the characters and do something worthwhile for, for once. And uh, I'm going to... I'm going to take time off work and I'm going to play that game in like one sitting. And I hope I cry. I hope I cry a lot, Hayden. What time do you have to take off work? I got a few days. Two. No, that's sick days. I got three vacation days. Oh. Okay. Never mind. I thought you had like, you're like playing it super risky with only having like two days off the rest of the. Th- Month or year, I was like, oof, oh boy, I've got two sick days. Gotcha. It look, I mean, what I saw looked fine. Not that, you know, I, <laughs> I know, I don't, you don't care, care. but um, it didn't look awful. <laughs> That's all we can hope for at this point, right? Now, what did look still surprisingly very fun is Justin Roiland's new game, High on Life. Okay, but the the actual gameplay looked basic as shit. I mean, the gameplay they showed was a boss fight, so I, I think that's kind of inherent. Like, I, I don't know. I, I've i said before, I don't think there is, and, and I know this is a wild statement, I'm probably wrong, but I don't think there's a single good first-person shooter boss fight. I don't think the genre lends itself to boss fights, and I think people are wasting their time trying to do it if if you're not doing something interesting with your game mechanics beyond shooting. I think that's the main problem happening here. You're, you're telling me you didn't like the boss fight at the end of Bioshock? No, I fucking hated it. Well, you're right. It's one of the worst things ever created <laughs> in one of the greatest games of all time. <laughs> that's why I love. That's why I like it because I'm like it. The boss fight is so bad, but it, the rest of the game is so good that I'm like, okay, it's still a ten out of ten game for me. But like, <laughs> oh, that last boss fight is awful. Yeah. But well, yeah, I think in general you're right. Like, like a boss fight in a shooter needs to be a scenario. It can't be one target. It just it just doesn't make sense and it's not interesting unless you're doing something like no one's going to get this. But like a, a boss fight in Boomerang X is cool because there's a lot of movement and you're flying around and you've got different tools and such. That's OK. A boss fight in Halo doesn't make any fucking sense because it's just a bullet sponge. A boss fight in Destiny, unless you're doing a raid, is also fucking garbage because you're just popping in and out of cover to shoot it for five minutes before it gets a shield back. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I think I I would say though that the final boss fight in Infinite wasn't awful because of the way that they I mean, you're granted it's just a bullet sponge, um, but the way that you could, it th- that you could have crafted that to be better. The way that ha- you have to utilize different like armor abilities and shit to dodge and then take down the shields. Like, there's ways to do it. It just never gets the. It, it require like so much detail that those games don't give a shit about to begin with, and that's why the boss fights are just like meh. 
Yeah, I agree. So, but the the writing was funny. I liked the writing in this. Um, but yeah, I was like, this is an interesting gameplay reveal trailer. Um, when it's just him there standing, shooting him with a pistol. Well, I, this this was not a gameplay reveal. This was just a gameplay trailer. Okay, we we've already okay. seen some Fair. gameplay. Fair. If it's, I, a, I mean, as a trailer for more of the writing, great. Yeah. I, I am constantly having to reconcile with the idea that, that Rick and Morty is both inherently cringy and Justin Roiland is the comedy force of our time. Fair. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Rick and Morty's good, but everything around Rick and Morty makes it cringy, you know? Yes. But Justin Roiland is an unironically very funny person. But that's mostly, I think, the the fan base. Yes. That makes it that way. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, so for the rest of these, I propose we just pick the ones we want to talk about because after here, I feel like it's just like niche niche shit that I don't know. I didn't watch most of the rest of these. <laughs> Yeah, nah, I don't I don't feel too strongly about anything else happening here either. Um there there's okay. a couple things I want to talk about because I think it's funny. But uh oh, I yeah. have a couple things we need to I have two, I think. Two? Yes, two things left to to mention. Uh is one of them Hideo Kojima's new podcast? No, but I did see that one. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I I'm super interested in that podcast actually. It it might devolve into some pseudo-intellectual bullshit because I feel like Kojima is constantly towing the line between being actually interesting and just, like, pretending to be. Um, that, yeah. might, that might be sacrilege to say. But but when you call a podcast brain structure, you're not exactly setting yourself up for success. But what's interesting to me <laughs> is that it is going to be a podcast both in Japanese and English, and I'm wondering how they're going to present that. Yeah, that's that is... Huh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, because he, (laughs) you know, Hideo Kojima, I think he does know English, but he primarily speaks Japanese in uh, in every time we see him on a screen. Um, And when he said that, when he said he was doing a podcast, I was so confused why he was announcing this on a presentation presented in English, because I was like, but Kojima podcasts don't got subtitles. (laughs) Yeah. But in some way, it'll be presented in English, so I'm I'm excited to see it. First episode of September eighth. Oh, so it's it's coming out soon. Interesting. Yeah, you'll have to tell me because I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> okay. Hopefully by then um, I'll have actually finished Death Stranding too. Oh yeah, cause yeah, when the wh- did I miss that coming to Game Pass? Uh, it came like a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks. Very yeah, recently. I kn- I know I saw it and was like. How did I miss the announcement that this was going to be coming to Game Pass? Unless I didn't miss it and saw it and didn't give a shit. And that's probably what it was. <laughs> I don't think it was a big announcement, and I think it was a pretty quick turnaround. I don't think you could be blamed for missing it. Fair. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is we did get another trailer for Pentiment. Um, and it looks... I remember seeing a trailer of this at, I think, Summer Games Fest. Or one of the things Jeff Keighley's done. And, uh, yeah, I will be playing this game. Um, I didn't watch the whole trailer, but, yeah, the art style I'm I'm all about. This, yeah. like, dumbass, like, medieval cartoon-looking <laughs> shit. I'm, I'm so glad that, Hayden, we are at the point in our friendship where we can point at each other and say, that, that's for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Because Pentamid is definitely for you. Yes. And it's definitely not for me. Now, one that I think might be for both of us is Dredge. Did uh, you get to that one? It's like at the very bottom. It's it's the headline on IGN is is a relaxing fisherman simulator hiding a very sinister heart. Okay, I'm clicking through it. This was not part of the opening night that I watched. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested. I'm very interested. Yeah. I I saw this. I was like, oh, okay. Was oh oh, 
It's not necessarily going to like take the turn of inscription, I don't think. Um, it doesn't look like it'll be like that hard of a holy shit. Wait, what? <laughs> What's going? What are we doing now? Huh? Uh, but I love little games like this that probably take like what four hours to beat, maybe. Um, yeah. But but it's gonna tell a cool little story, and yeah, I I th- those are the two other things that I'm very much excited about. Hell yeah. Um, the other thing that I have no idea if i will ever play or ever get the chance to play and i was losing it when 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 it when it became apparent what it was i was looking at and that's the (laughs) the killer clowns from outer space video game oh yeah i didn't watch that trailer but i kind of want to because that's crazy it's so fucking silly that in 2022 Killer Clowns from Outer Space is getting a video game. And not just that, it seems like it's following in line of, like, the Dead by Daylight or the Friday the 13th, but because of the setup of the movie, it's a 3v7 asymmetrical multiplayer. See, that's that's interesting that that's the... how how many people it will be. Because, I don't know if you saw this, but the new Chainsaw Massacre game that's coming out, is going to be 3v4. Oh, I did not know that. And I'm like, ooh, that. That is intriguing as fuck. I, if we're about to get a whole new wave of, like, survival games that are just not 1v4 or 1v5 type shit, I'm really interested in that and seeing how they play. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I I'm a big fan of asymmetrical multiplayer games, and 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 it is crazy to think that like the idea of that may well have started in Mario Party with the one v three mini games. And I don't know about you, but the one v three mini games in Mario Party was always some of the most fun for me. <laughs> it's because it's everyone trying to kick someone's <laughs> ass, and that other person being like, "Fuck." Yeah, so so it, it's very cool that now we're seeing sort of an evolution of the form where we had, you know, more basic stuff like Dead by Daylight, which was a 1v4. Um, Texas Chainsaw being 3v4 is incredibly interesting, and I'm curious how that's going to be uh, balanced, for one thing. Um, but yeah. then 3v7 is just weird. Yeah. I mean, you know what makes me the most sad about the, the trend of certain games like that like actually getting traction and being successful is that we never got fable legends and it was kind of doing that it was going to be one of the first games to do that because i think it was slated to come out before dead by daylight or right around the same time as dead by daylight even though i know when dead by daylight came out i don't think everyone loved it it was popular but it's never been like super mainstream it just has a very dedicated fan base and if i'm wrong sorry but that's how it looks (laughs) like on the outside um and i feel like fable legends given the vast type of lore in that world could have been really good really successful in that sort of way and and maybe it would have evolved to not just be like 1v4 which is kind of what legends was aiming to be but something different like a 2v4 2v5 you know something else I think could have been it was a missed opportunity yeah it was it was surely ahead of its time it's it's a shame that it got dropped the way that it did yeah um one last thing I want to talk about from Gamescom that is not part of this list that we are looking at and that I just happened (gasps) to come across on uh IGN um and this is this is a game that is very very much made for me it's called meet your maker and it's like um first person shooter like like doom-esque first person shooter mario maker i feel like i've seen something about this uh this looks hella fun um i'm all about games that have interesting traversal and uh you know things that reward quick gunplay and being really agile um, and Hayden, I'm looking at this at this like uh, this interview, this gameplay coverage situation. There's a grappling hook. Oh no, I know, and I know one thing about you: you're a little slut for the grappling hook. I'm a big slut for a grappling hook. 
Oh my. <laughs> um, when does this come out? That says 2022, which is very exciting. And and yet the Steam page doesn't have an actual date. Um, oh, but there is a closed playtest I should get into. Oh baby. Okay, I gotta look into that later. All right, I think I think that's it for Gamescom though. Yeah, and I guess I think the only other thing we really wanted to talk about, and I, I think based off some discussions we've had about this prior to recording, I don't know how much we'll spend on this, but um, I don't know it, how familiar everyone might be with this, even though I think it was one of the, quote, hit shows of the summer, as it was very polarizing, but... Uh, I almost said his other show. The rehearsal uh, on HBO, I feel like if you knew about it, it was like a big thing where either you fucking hated it or you absolutely love it. I'm in the absolutely love category. Uh, I think, Chris, you seemed a little more lukewarm on it uh, after you finished it. Yeah, and, and I don't think that's a fault of the show. I, I think the fault lies in, and and I do this a lot, um, that I, I almost didn't realize until it was too late how much attention I should have been paying to the show. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the, whole, the whole idea of the rehearsal that they sell you on in the first episode is, is the idea that Nathan Fielder has a person who has a problem and he is going to frankly concerning lengths to (laughs) to create the perfect environment wherein this person can practice something that is uh, really difficult for them to deal with Um, typically confronting somebody um, battling some personal feelings essentially a really expensive kind of therapy where Nathan Fielder is giving them the option to redo something and make sure it's perfect everything happens the way they want it to um, the show very quickly becomes not that. Yeah, and it's great. I love it. the The show <laughs> blurs the line between reality and fiction in ways that you you cannot even begin to comprehend how deep the rabbit hole goes on whether this is supposed to be autobiographical whether the project legitimately got away from him or if everything was actually completely tuned exactly how he wanted it the entire time all of the rehearsal. Oh no, I I'm, I'm in that. This is exactly what he wanted. Yeah, I mean I definitely think he got the point that he wanted across, but given some of the interactions he has with some of the actors and especially the children after the fact, it's hard to tell how much around it was real or not. Oh, you mean like all the scenarios being scripted? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. So yeah, I I don't know if everything was mostly because you kind of can't tell me. Well, shit. Yeah. See, I don't know. That third episode. It's only six episodes for one. For those who have not watched it yet, I I highly suggest you watch the first three episodes yeah and let me be clear none of this is to the detriment of the show it's what i find intensely interesting about it yeah so like the pilot gives you the idea then the second episode is kind of like setting the groundwork of what you think is going to continue and then episode three happens you're like wait no okay no it's not it's not you don't really know what the show is going to kind of be until the third episode um at least i thought that yeah i agree when, when when they do the whole thing in the third episode and he's just like and that was the last we ever saw of that man and I was just like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah that dude really never came back and honestly what he did to him was kind of fucked up but also he had no idea that that's how he would respond to it so again unless you're going by the the understanding that it's all fake and yeah, I don't literally think it's all, all of fake. it. The only reason why I might think some of it's fake is because the woman who's trying to, like, experience what it's like to raise a kid over a few months, that shit's, she's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems wild to me that he would have okayed, I mean, again, part of the show is also a spoof on reality, reality TV. It's making fun of shit like that, where that would be a reality TV show. Uh... 
But that woman, man. Whew. And, and then, not even the woman, but the the guy that she tries to get to help her co-parent as part of the experiment. He was oh my God. he was also like, where, oh my God. where do you the, find these people? The scene in his apartment. <laughs> Step up, bro. Step up. Like, what the fuck's going on? That cut was so funny. <laughs> it's it's Nathan and the guy in the apartment, and the dude's just like chilling, talking with his roommate about some bullshit, and then hard cut to them fighting. But you have no idea what they were fighting about because they're just saying, what? Step up. Come on. Yeah. You know, now that you said, like, how much of it was real, it's very much like, I don't know. I, it might have all been staged because that was such an unnatural, not real reaction between two people that are roommates. Like, do you fucking hate each other? It seemed like they had no connection. Like, is it that common to have roommates that you know jack shit about and it's just like you're just roommates? I don't feel like that's that common. I don't know. I'm thinking about it too much. But the best <laughs> shit is, and I'm not going to necessarily spoil it, but episode four basically turns the whole thing into an inception, which then makes you, to Chris's point, makes you then question what the fuck is actually going on. Um, all in all, I am a big fan. Uh, I have not watched really anything of Nathan Fielder's that I can recall. I think I'm now going to go back and watch Nathan for you. Uh because I need more. I, I need more. Uh, it's which is weird because I usually hate cringe humor, and this is fucking cringe humor. Oh yeah, it, it's an uncomfortable oh, show. Oh boy, and I usually like get me out of it, but because he does it in such a deadpan, serious way, I'm just like, oh, they're just going with it, and I think that's what makes it pal- more palatable. Is it's not like I'm gonna say something super cringy to make you feel awkward. He's genuinely, like, kind of trying to help, but he's just saying wild shit that they're like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it especially um, when it gets to the kids that they involve, because the yes. the first woman who was a crazy Christian, like, Halloween is for the devil and they're eating children <laughs> underground crazy. Um, <laughs> as, as they're, like, progressing her kid actors through the stages of childhood to prepare her, um, like, you know, some of those kids get really attached to Nathan in really uncomfortable ways. And, and the whole time that, that part really sucked me in. I think it was like episode five, maybe. Yeah. When, when one of the kids like refused to not call him daddy and was like really crying as they were trying to get him out of the house because, okay, you're an actor, your job's over now. Um, wow. That shit made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons talk about this show on his on his podcast, the Bill Simmons podcast, uh, and <laughs> he was like, when he was talking about that episode, and he thought he thought that the next pan after like he was at their house was gonna be like Nathan fucking the mom. <laughs> <laughs> like he just thought it was like given the where it was going, he's like, I thought he was gonna get with the mom. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was like, that would have been nuts. <laughs> Uh, very cool show though um it's it's the kind of show that i can't imagine is gonna get a sequel but i would definitely it's already been it already has been renewed for a second season okay well fuck me at least i thought i saw that i i I got the notion last week i got the notion and and if you buy into the idea that the entire show was completely scripted top to bottom and is therefore meant to be slightly autobiographical that feels like the kind of scenario that you wouldn't want to do another one for. That you would just kind of be, like, retreading the same ground. So, I mean, if it does get a second season, I'm interested to see what he does with it. And and that might shed some light on how much of it was legitimately just getting away from him. See, I think, I think the pitch was the pilot. Which is going to sound stupid because no shit. Duh. That's what it is. But what I mean by that is, like, that's what it was. But in that he also pitches like i don't know where it's gonna go but this is the idea and we're just gonna go with it and he kind of just goes with it yeah no he he follows it through to whatever its natural conclusion was going to be because also what i thought was really interesting was that while he is immersing himself in the parent simulator becoming a part of that and and that starts to devolve into the potentially autobiographical stuff he's still doing the show on the side 
he's still meeting with people and doing rehearsals with them, but it's it's woven so seamlessly into his own experience with his own rehearsal. It's crazy. Yeah, that that's that's where I got to the point where I was like, okay, mate, that, that looking back, you might go, oh, maybe it was scripted because why would he all of a sudden just say, fuck it, I want to be a dad. I want I want to jump in on this full time and just be a dad. Yeah. Why would he not keep trying to do them? But and I'm trying to remember exactly what happened after the third episode to make him go all in. But yeah, I don't remember cuz it cuz in the episode 4 is when he goes back to LA. I I don't know. I really need to rewatch it to get I the whole the whole thing <laughs> again. <laughs> It's like in one sitting. Yeah, for sure. And and I might give at least the back half of the show another watch, because um, it 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 felt like it started to spiral. As as it got to its natural conclusion, is what it felt like yeah. to me. Like it was a roller coaster ride that kept getting faster and more uncomfortable until it ended. And so that's oh where God. that's where I feel like I got lost in the motion. Oh my god, the Jewish woman was phenomenal. <laughs> she was great. Where where she just comes in and she's just like, oh, oh no, I'm out. I'm not hanging out with an anti-Semite. I was like, damn, she just said it straight up. She wasn't sugarcoating it or at all. I mean, she was right, but it was like, whoa. Yeah. She was 100% not told anything. Like, if 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 stuff was scripted, her shit wasn't. That was all natural. Yeah, and, and that I was that was it. clearly a woman who has dealt with some shit and was not ready to put up with it again. She's put up with a lot of anti-Semitism in her life, <laughs> and she was she was ready to fucking pounce. Which hey, awesome. go off, Queen. Oh, <laughs> the, the whole bit at the end of that episode is like, you have a platform, you should support Israel. I was like, and he, he doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't want to on the show. He's he's purposefully <laughs> not saying into anything. That political for, pool. For, for the bit, but he was doing it for the bit. That's why he wasn't saying anything. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is kind of genius." <laughs> also, that was a really like bad Jewish accent, so I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, uh, highly recommend watching it if you have not. Um, and I hope it. I wasn't wrong in that it gets a season two because I kind of do want to see more. Yeah, I agree. I I would definitely watch another season. And uh, I think, I guess that's where we're going to end. Yeah, I'm going to eat some food, my guy. <laughs> yeah, you're waiting to eat your food. I got a D&D prep. I got I to make a cup of coffee, first of all. Oh, shit. And and also, during this last bit of the, uh, the conversation, I've been signing up for the closed play test for Meet Your Maker. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait. I'm, I'm jazzed about this game now. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, all right, well, hey. If you like what you heard, first of all, tell a friend. And then after you tell that friend, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then also make sure that that friend does the same. Uh, and then uh, follow us on Twitter at Obsession underscore pod. The friend could take or leave the Twitter. We don't we don't really use it that much, but you should follow it. Um, and then uh, check back with us in two weeks. And uh, maybe I'll be raving about Meet Your Maker because maybe I'll get to play in this playtest. We'll see. Hell yeah. But until then, mm, goodbye. Goodbye.